We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Abner is a pro at entertaining the world in both the ring and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who make him the boxer and the man he is. It's all about the state of boxing, sports, music, culture, family life, all that good stuff. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcast episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays right here on Blue Wire. Aikman is intercepted by Sam Mills. Oh! Steve Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. He steps up, throws for the end zone. Olsen, touchdown! Brian Burns to the house. This one is picked again. Intercepted by Boston. Bridgewater, throw into the end zone, touchdown! Samuel still on his feet, inside the five, to the end zone, touchdown! What a play! And it is caught for the touchdown by Moore. Here's McCaffrey, and in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. He pounded on three! One, two, three! He pounded! Panthers fans, another edition of the Roar Podcast as we get set for another big NFC South game this weekend. The Panthers travel to the Bayou to take on the New Orleans Saints, trying to get that NFC South equalized a little bit. They got a big win against Atlanta a couple weeks ago, and uh, it's going to be a fascinating game. We'll dive into that later in the podcast. But joining me now is the man that you know, and some people say that's Brian Burns' brother. The OGs out there understand. Stanley McClover is his own man. How you doing, bud? What's going on, baby? I'm glad to be here. Glad man, to be we've, here. Been, we've been talking about doing this for weeks and batting around ideas. And well, I started following you on Twitter you know, months ago. And I just I we'll we'll, we'll cover some of the Panther stuff because you've been very candid about your thoughts. And I, I love 
the honesty. I love how you come out there and it's like, you know what, guys? No excuses. These guys are pros. They're paid well, and they got to take a little heat. How you doing? What's going on with you these days? Man, I'm man. I'm living in La La Land, man. I ain't gonna lie. Every day, every day that my brother played for the Carolina Panthers is I'm, I'm living in a dream. So, man, I'm, I'm God is good. That's all I can say, man. This is a true, truly one of the biggest blessings in my life besides my kids. You're not kidding, and it's all in the family. I mean, you know, right there, your brother. I, and I got a brother too. Obviously, he don't play in the NFL, but <laughs> we both cover the NFL. We we love this story. All I have the fans around the league, not just in Carolina, love this story. The, the NFL draft, mm-hmm. seeing you there, and I remember when Carolina drafted you, Stanley. I remember you getting in there in 06, 07 and mixing it up, and just mm-hmm. to have your your little brother coming back in a whole other generation with a whole other staff, a whole other you know group, a whole other owner, but same helmet, same stadium. Yes, 53 yes, out there lighting it up. Let's talk about that. So let's start right there with, you know, your early memories of Brian. You know, when did you know Brian Burns, number 53, was going to be somebody special in this league? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Um, coming up, he, he wasn't really into football like that. I mean, he's always played, but uh, Brian was more of a, a goofy kid, playful kid. He he, <laughs> he did his own thing. And yeah. I never I never pressured him to do to play football, that was always something that I promised to myself that I wasn't going to do to him. If, if he wanted to play, he was, it was going to be genuine. So uh, yeah. right about his uh, ninth, 10th grade year, he approached me. And he was like, bro, I, I think I'm ready to take football serious. Ninth like, grade? Right, You're talking, he, so he, he had no interest in football till ninth grade? Yeah, about ninth, 10th grade when I Damn. say he wanted to. Yeah. And um, I was like, so, okay, what position you want to play? He was like, I don't know. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> thing I can go just put me out there. Put me out there, coach. Yep. And that time, man, he was he was very skinny. He was short. You know, we we didn't see this coming, but you know, I poured into him. That's my brother, of course. And I wasn't gonna I was gonna make sure that anything attached to me was gonna have some greatness with it. You know, um, <laughs> right. man, he he uh, I'll say his senior year in high school when I realized this kid got something different than I had. Yeah. Is his senior year when the way I seen him turn that corner. His senior year, the way I used to watch his ankle being, I was like, wow. I can't believe that that was my brother that that holds this special ability to do something that I wish I could do. And I made it all the way to the top, but I could mm-hmm. never do the things that Brian can do right now. I could never do it. Well, I'm, I'm fascinated to talk about your career because I know a lot of folks talk mm-hmm. to you. And let's just be honest, they want to know about Brian. And I know you're proud oh, as yeah. hell of him. And you you live mm-hmm. vicariously through him. I, I love that story. But in a little mm-hmm. bit, I want to get to some of your memories and some of your journey mm-hmm. as you work your mm-hmm. way through Auburn and into the John Fox era in Carolina. But let, let's talk about, once again, he, Brian Burns goes to Florida State. You know, obviously he has 28 sacks in high school, um, 135 mm-hmm. tackles. Doesn't start mm-hmm. really getting into football till you say the ninth grade. And mm-hmm. he goes to Florida State. I remember seeing him play in the ACC and thinking, this guy's got some of the moves. And you watched the film. Of course, you played the game. I'm just a film junkie. You played the damn game at the position. What do you think is his best trait as a pass rusher as he continues to mold and develop? Man, John, to be honest with you, John, and I'm a, I'm a DN throughout, through and through. And I done played with the best de- defensive end in America, which is Julius Peppers. Oh, yeah. One thing I see that Brian Burns has that I, I haven't seen in another DN at this level is his um, uh, the words just slipped my mind. His coordination, coordination. His coordination is is impeccable. He yeah. can do. He can literally do any move you teach. 
He can, he can, it's, it's, it's something that it may seem small, but he can do anything. He can do, I teach him a move. So when I first taught him how to do, do the spin, he's, yeah. he did it the first time I taught him. A lot of people, it takes so long to get it because you have to have a, a, like exceptional, um, athletic ability to oh, pull yeah. this off coordination and like you said that, guys that, like dwight people don't understand guys like dwight freeney who made a career out of that aren't just born out of the womb with that you have to build that technique or yes you have to that's i mean it's something that you got to work day in i mean we worked that spin for years yeah almost six seven years of just making them spin and spin and spin until you got sick of it yeah. so i believe it's his coordination and his athletic ability that's going to make him one of the best to ever play the sport because he honestly he can do any any move that you teach him, any drop as a linebacker, anything he can he can perform anything on the field and he can do it at a very very fast level, and that's from, he made very very complex things look simple. That's the yeah, best way I can put it. To he's a fluid athlete, well coordinated as you put it. That that's the best way I could really sum up his game is coordination and just silky smooth. The point that you can. You can be running. He's he's already a four five four four guy. Oh yeah. You can be running so fast, and you can turn the corner and punch the ball out of a quarterback's hand. That's not that's crazy. easy to do. That and that that's the Atlanta game I mean, you're talking about with Matt Ryan, of course. I I know as a former Panthers defensive end, that gave you a lot of joy to see Matt Ryan get the peanut punch from Brian Burns. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Because <laughs> they've been kicking Carolina's ass. It's been six years, and all of a sudden, Burns, he, and God bless him, you know, he gets hurt on the I, – I, well, I saw that injury. I know you oh. were worried. Hell, man, I, I DM'd you, where are going to happen, Stan? And I was saying, and is it neck? Is it, is it the neck? The first thing I thought it was the neck. And luckily, it was just a, a head issue, and he got through the protocol. But, damn, man, that when yeah. he – you don't put a tie – you don't peel a tight end back on 53 Stanley. You don't. Can't do that. Can't do that. The fact that his game is elevated to the point where, okay, he could have actually sacked Mike, Matt Ryan. But the fact that he's thinking, his game done elevated to that point where he's thinking, let me yeah. get this ball out of this turnover. Get that bread, right man. now we need to get a turnover. And that's what he did. He punched the ball out. And that let me know, man, he just – his growth, he has no ceiling, man. The okay. ceiling is – Billy and I – have talked about in depth this defense, and we're going to go down the line here and critique it, you and I, shortly. Yes, but sir. Brian, to me, and, and Billy brought this point up a couple weeks ago, these other guys have got to get on Brian's level. And this is mm -hmm. obviously before, you know, they, they started turning the tide defensively and got, and I'm, I'm real impressed with what Phil Snow has done. A lot of these yes, young guys people. have been really, really impressive, and they've, they've missed some guys up front. Hell, they're missing YGM. They're missing KK Short. A guy like Zach mm -hmm. Hurst coming in there and doing a lot of shit inside, a lot of the dirty mm -hmm. work, but also shooting the gap. Derek Brown's having a good year, but I I'm telling you what, when, when, when you watch him on the field, and, when he, and he had the wrist thing last year, but when he's fully healthy and he ain't out there mm -hmm. playing gunner, and he's, he's lined up, <laughs> He is the complete package. Did you see the run stop he had against Fournette against yes, the, the Tampa game? Just the pursuit sure. and the ability just to wham, close out one of the bigger backs in the league just like it's nothing. Yes, he's got yes, he's got sir. underrated power. And this gets me to my – I want to ask you about this. A lot of the people in the media, and the, the, the draft Knicks and the draft nerds, and uh, <laughs> oh, don't get me started, they yeah, refused – they refused for at least the better part of last year to accept the fact with this – I'm just going to say this dog shit 34 hybrid they were running last year, this gap control, whatever the hell they were trying to do defensively schematically that took Luke out of the game, that put Brian in weird positions. Mm -hmm. They just get him out there in that old Seattle Seahawks 43, get him out there on the edge and, and let him do work. And, pe and you know, people said, uh, Stanley, people said he wasn't big. People said he wasn't big enough to play in. He's the same damn size as Bruce Irvin. 
if not bigger. Yes, what, what are your thoughts yes, on that? I mean, your, your thoughts on sort of the misnomer that Brian is just, uh, you know, a speed guy. We've been dealing with size his whole life. He's yeah. always been a, a basketball size, like a, a slender type of guy. He's never, I was always the bigger one. He, he was, he was slim. His father's slim. So yeah. he was never going to be, uh, he was never going to be a Julius Pepper size type of dude. Never. So yeah. that comes along with training him. I, I had already knew, and he knew the best way for you to be successful is speed and quickness. Yeah. And you got surprising power. They don't think, they don't think that you're strong, but he's actually very strong. Always. He's, he's not, you can't just push him over. No, you yeah, can't. You can it's, it's... He's still young. He's 22 years old. He's still developing and learning the game and becoming a student of the game. But, as he gets better and better, and as he gains more and more confidence, you start to see, you, you start to see more flashes of the completeness of the player that he could be. Like he's he's a complete player. He's not just a pass rusher. He can yeah. he can stop the run when he when he really put his mind to it, and he and he want to go out there and prove a point. He does that, and I just want to I challenge him to do it every week. You do that every week. Stanley, he reminds me so much of Julius, and I'm going to tell you why. It, it not necessarily That's in perfect. frame and size, but when when you when the chips are down. And you can see this emerging from Brian. He's still very young. And you saw this with Julius mm-hmm. early on, too. Uh, I mean, this is before your time at Carolina, but I know you watched these. I know you watched the tape. I know you watched yes, Julius sir. in 20, 2002 in particular, when he, yes, 2003, sir. too, when they needed a big play. He was the guy. He was the flash guy to make the, the, the Mike Tomlin calls the splash plays. You know, yes, Brian can absolutely, in, in very much the same way, an offensive weapon can change a game on the other side. Brian is your weapon on defense. One more thing about the process with Brian growing up, and then we'll get into kind of current day stuff. As he continued okay. to develop his technique and his size, yes, did, was that was that mostly you in terms of the high school days, getting him geared up for FSU? I mean, yep. You know, I, I, and one thing I don't never want to be the, the misconception out there is that I ever take any of his credit because I never do. I always – you know, let people know that this is Brian. Brian, at the end of the day, he got to go on that field and he got to perform. I can't play for him at all. All I could do is, is give him the wisdom that I've obtained through my years and, and playing and things that I've learned. So right. what I could say is, man, he, he listens, man. That's, that's I, I can't stress how much it, it, it means and how important it is for a player to actually listen. He's coachable. Like right? a, lot of, he's... a lot of people think, yeah, he's coachable. A lot of people just think they got it all because they got the talent, but you, you yeah. still have to become a student of the game. So with with, with Brian, man, he, he's he's really he he's such a student of the game, and I'm, I'm I'm actually blessed that he listens to me and gives me the opportunity to coach him. So yeah. I would say yes, I have a lot to do with it, but I I don't I can't play for him, so I can never take the credit of him being actually as good as he is. Yeah. But I do, man. I, I pour. I pour everything I got into him, everything I know about defensive end, everything I learned from Julius Peppers, Mike Rucker. I taught him everything. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't leave nothing out. Man, you played with you played you you man. you played with some of the best, man. I mean, it, dude, I played with the best D line. Let, let's let's right talk. Now. Let's talk about. I want I want to kick it back to that. Uh, you know, the 2006, 2007. Let's talk about you. Now you've been humble, man. I appreciate that. But you had a hell of a career at Auburn. You came in, got yourself drafted. A lot of people don't do. My good friend Luther Broughton got drafted late too, and he had a good career. Mm-hmm. Made mm-hmm. made some hay. Made some good connections out of that. Mm-hmm. Lived a good NFL life. And I know you've done the same here. When you first came to Carolina, you're met, I guess, by Marty Herney, John Fox. What, mm-hmm. what was what was draft night like for you in that first OTAs? Walk us through your first experiences as a pro with the Panthers. Well, I'll take you, I'll take you a little bit before before that. With I'll take you to Auburn. Okay. My last year. Um 
I actually end up my, my story is very unique. Um, I played defensive end one year in high school, and I, I racked up 32 sacks my, my my first year ever playing defensive end. Yeah. So from there, I was highly highly recruited. Uh, went to Auburn University. Uh, Ohio State. I remember the. I remember Ohio State yep. was all over yes, you, man. Sir, I, yep. I committed to them first. Actually, I remember. But um, <clears throat> I end up going to Auburn, and um, I end up sitting out my first year. So I actually only played defensive end there for two years. Mm-hmm. My sophomore year and junior year. So in total, that's three years. I was. I was. I would say I was premature in leaving and, and entering the NFL. But I never questioned God and, and things that happened in my life. They happened for a reason. But at that time, I felt like I was making the best decision to leave and uh, go go to uh, the NFL and just take that experience. I felt like my game, I felt like I was so fast off the ball and so good as a defensive end that I was ready to, you know, test my test my talent in the NFL. I wasn't scared at all. So mm-hmm. I, I went in, you know, very young and, and, and immature. But, you know, thank God, man. And, and that's why a lot of people don't really understand why I love the Panthers so much. But they gave me a shot. You know, they, they yeah. believed in me. That's got to be really, that's got to be really you know, personal too. Just thinking about when you get later in that draft and you're thinking, I just want to get drafted. That's what Luther said. Mm. I just want to get in the mix. I want to get a pick. I want to be on that screen and saying selection. At this point, that team gave you that shot. And you know, I think folks underestimate what a lifetime impact that has on a guy like you or any any player that gets drafted in those rounds. It's life changing. It's yeah. life changing to actually see your name go across that screen. Yeah, it was seven rounds, it was 237 picks. But like my mom always told me, you got picked. And a lot of people wish they could be picked. So I took that. I had a major chip on my shoulder. Yeah. And I came into uh, Carolina, and I was willing to just learn. And I knew that I was not going to get cut. There was no way in hell I was going to get cut from off that team. First I mean, of all, Julius me. Peppers was my idol. I idolized everything that he did. Any, now, no, 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 wait a minute. He, stop. He, Let me stop here. Just tell me. I want to. I want to dive into that real quick before we go on. Not only do you have the wherewithal to promote your brother into a, a sport that you had success in, and, and watch him blossom. That's got to be surreal. But also, oh you get God. drafted, and you, your hero, your icon, and <laughs> for that of many of us, I'm sure in Panthers land, is right there opposite you. What was Julius? Like, oh, I mean, what God. impact did he have on you coming in? Let me tell you this shit. And and, and I know this is some juicy shit because don't nobody really know Pep. Like, let me let the record show. I'm here for listen, the juicy shit. We're here for it. Listen, son, man. <laughs> and I'm telling you straight up, straight up and down truth. When I first walked my ass on Carolina campus, I was yeah. looking for Julius Peppers. First person <laughs> I wanted to lay eyes on. When I finally got to see this dude, I went and introduced myself to him. He didn't say two words. <laughs> he didn't talk to me my entire rookie year. I followed this man everywhere. I, hey, Pep, how you do that inside move? Hey, Pep, how you spin? Hey, Pep, yeah. how you do the swing? He wasn't stunting me. He would not talk to me. I'm asking uh, Steve Smith. I'm like, bro, why the hell doesn't Pep talk? It was like, bro, you got to earn your respect with Pep. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yep. that's what it, that's what it is. So after that, you know, I just I mimicked everything that he did. I mimicked how he practiced. I mimicked how he get ready for a game. I mimic everything. Everything Pep did, I followed it. Everything. So he was like the so, damn godfather. That's what I've heard people he say. He was the godfather. He was like Don Corleone. He was the Don of that defense, and he didn't have to say a word. I people would have And you know what pisses me off, Stan? Now I got you, and, and, and we're talking real talk here. The damn mm-hmm. media and the fans that would say, oh, he takes plays off and he doesn't play with passion. Man, you know, man. The, the hell with that, man. They, you don't know, fucking understand. they don't know. I don't claim to understand what it's like to be an NFL player, but I've 
followed this game and I've covered this game for long enough to try to make a good analysis on how these players operate and think. And it, mm-hmm. oh, Julius was a quiet force and you know you had like you said i've heard this from other people too you had to earn that respect he wasn't gonna just you gotta earn it i don't care who you were i don't care who you were you could be a first round pick you coming out and you think you're just gonna be friends with julius peppers are you out of your mind i learned from him so much john to my game had elevated to the point it was so high that pep was giving pep will get joy and cleats and he'll bring me joy and cleats when we leave uh we leave training camp from Spartanburg. I'm riding with Pep in his Bentley. I'm I'm picking his brain every chance I get. How you get this great, Pep? What do you like That's to do, great. Pep? I mean, I, everything that he taught me, bro, honestly, this is why this thing is amazing. I talk, I gave it to my brother. It was just like I was sent there to, to get up on the Pep so I can just give all this information to BJ, my brother. I call him BJ. That was, that was the main ingredients to what you see now with, with I- Brian Burns. That is a great that is a great way to frame all this. And it's a great story because you're exactly right. You're a young guy coming in, you're a late round draft pick trying to make an impression. And you're met, like I said, by Don Corleone, Julius Peppers, who is the master of everything. And he's not going to give you an inch in terms of compassion, but he's going to eventually, when you earn that respect, bring you along. You take those lessons. You learn from a guy, a Hall of Famer in Julius Peppers. Well, a guy like Rucker, too. Mike Rucker, amazing oh, yeah. defensive end. Ruck is a, he was a beast. There was, right, in 03, 02, man, he was, and even in 05, man, he See, was. What people don't know, John, what yeah. a lot of people don't know, and I never get credit for it, and I don't give a damn about credit. What, <laughs> what they don't know is that I was behind Julius Peppers and Mike Rucker's my career at, at Carolina. I, I, I'll give you credit. I was that, there and I watched That's why I didn't play, but I, I made the team. Every, <laughs> you did? Every, every year. You did? They kept me on that squad because I was a hell of a player, but look who I'm behind. Hey, look. And these guys are fucking amazing. The, these I mean, are two like, Mike Rucker was a, per, perennial was a, Pro Bowl guys. He was Ruck, an OG. Oh, Ruck man. Was Ruck, OG. Ruck gave some of the best damn sound bites on NFL films. Hey, you remember the game I in 05? I boy. You remember the game? It went 05. It was a bad boy. There, there was a game in 2005 before you came on, but I know you remember. They went into mm-hmm. Chicago and they whipped Chicago's ass on the road in the yes, divisional sir. round. And Rucker, before the game, he was shouting. He did this in Philly, too, in the title game, but he was shouting at the camera and says, We're game ready. We're battle tested. And he's just talking shit before the game, but he's not doing it disrespectfully. He's just saying, Look, We've been through this shit before. We just won on the road in the playoffs. We got this. He was a great leader and a great player, man. I Listen, love John, put me in a fucking alley. And I'm taking Mike Rucker with me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was a brawler. Okay, then. We ain't got to say nothing else. I'm taking Mike Rucker with me. Chris Jenkins. Oh, Jenkins, you know, yeah. Oh, Al. Yeah, I, I mean, love Al. It, we, it, was, it, was, it was amazing. Kinoatu. Kimo. It, was, it yep. was amazing, man. It was an amazing experience. And I learned from all those guys. Damian Lewis. I picked Damian a little Lewis. bit of something from all of those guys. But Julius Peppers, that was my number one goal, to become friends with that guy. How'd you like playing for Foxy? What was your experience with John Fox? Oh, I love, I love Coach Fox. That's what I hear from everybody. Coach Fox had a great relationship. I mean, I know he would have nothing but good things to say about me, just like I have for him. Yeah. Um, he, he was a great coach, man. He was a players coach. Yeah. We we would run through the wall for for Foxy, man. He was he was a great coach. I love I love yeah. I love Coach Fox. <laughs> um, Coach Fox, he, he talked to me and was just like, what what could we have done better? You know, they wow. they just wanted to know why I couldn't really get around that learn that learning curve like they at, at the speed that they wanted me to. So it was never, it was, it was a very, my relationship with Carolina is so deep. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You know, me and Marty, yeah. we are very, very close. That's the first person to give me a chance. And then he turned around and give my brother a chance 
you know, to change well, the whole family's lives. So yeah. it's like, wow, man, like it's such a blessing. It's, it's, I can't, I'm so humbled by it. All I can do is just every day, you know, just show my appreciation because, you know, anybody would love to be in these shoes and I understand that. And I'm, I'm thankful. I'm super thankful for that. Well, it's an amazing story. Like I said, just to be able to pay that forward from your time with those greats along the line, Jenkins, Ruck, Pep, and you feed yes, them right into your little brother's career. At that point in your career, you're not even thinking that your brother's anywhere near the NFL landscape. When I was and all playing you, with Carolina, Brian was eight years old. He was eight years old. What? He, he, was, he was, was a baby. I was he doing was the math baby. on it. I was like, shit, he was in fucking like first or second grade when you were ripping it up he in was, Carolina, he was man. A baby. When he met oh, Pep, Pep towered over this man. He looked at Pep like he was a giant. <laughs> Pep towered over everybody, crazy, man. He was bro. absolutely The story beast. is crazy, man. As we look forward to kind of where we're at now, and I, we're going to mm-hmm. continue to – I'd love to have you back on again and talk some more of these OG stories. Anytime, I bro. live for that, man, the post-cardiac Anytime, cats era. Um, yes, sir. You know, it was just those guys, the, the John Fox era, you can't replace the feeling that that team had in terms of continuity. I don't think – like a guy like Mike Minter, one of my favorite people on the planet. Oh, I fucking just, love Mike, man. Oh, Mike, is he just not Mike the best, like man? Mike was like a father on the field, man. He just, was, he was, like just, he, was he was a He was a regulator back there. He was old fucking man. school. But he, he was he was so humble, man. He was, he was so, humble. He was such a leader, bro. Like, yeah, you know, when you back then, you got to perform for those guys. That's why yeah. I, I said on Twitter the other day, hey, man, look, I'm not scared to criticize these guys. Now, listen, now, yeah. I don't been around the best and you can't even bring your ass on the field. Well, that's what these, some, some of our you followers need to understand. Yet. Some of our followers probably <laughs> were, were came along after your era and after that era. So I think they have a hard mm-hmm. time comprehending the fact that, you know, look, anybody who plays in the league for a few years has got some damn clout to be able to talk that shit. And, you know, damn, right. I, I, I don't like sugarcoating any of this shit. I mean, we criticize we we criticize this organization for a lot of things, but what I like what I'm seeing now is, and I was skeptical about Matt Rule and Phil Snow. These guys didn't have a lot of play calling experience at this level. I, you know me, I'm an old school guy. I want I want like an yeah, Eric enemy in there. I want a bona fide guy. But right. I like I like the the nature of of which they're playing. This tank for Trevor shit we heard about Luch. All this, you know, oh they're going to go two and fourteen. They're three and three. They're in the mix, man. And I want you to talk to me about defensively from your eye. What the hell can they do to to tighten it up even more? Because the run defense was better last week. Obviously, Chicago's mm-hmm. not that great on the ground. The run fits were kind of off there in the past couple mm-hmm. weeks. Uh, I, I, I think you've been very vocal about Tahir Whitehead. I have, too. I talked to people around the league before they signed him. I looked at the film. I tried mm-hmm. to find what am I looking at that, that that's an asset. And we was sold mm-hmm. that there was a temple connection, a familiarity. But to my knowledge, Shaq's got the green dot. He's a communicator. So mm-hmm. why is, is it time to maybe make that change and give Jermaine Carter that job at this point? What do you do? I mean, John, to be honest with you, he's not producing. He's, he's not, not productive at, no, at all. Not. I mean, this guy's in the middle of our defense. Let's let's not forget the Mike linebacker is the heart and soul of your defense. Yeah. This this is a position you can't fuck around with. No. You either got a badass in the middle or or, or we we going down the shit hole. Because at the <laughs> end of the day, he this is your tone setter. When he yeah. said that Chin was the tone setter, I almost threw up. You can't mm-hmm. make that statement. Even if you felt that, you can't say that. The attitude of our Mike linebacker, he said it, not me. I want to see my middle linebacker do the following. Fit the fucking run. I want to see him tackle and take good angles. I want to see him not getting washed up by a guard or, you know, a a goddamn fullback. I want to not see him with his back turned to Hunter Renfro in week one getting a P.I. in a critical situation. 
There's no excuse for oh, that. Man. And the, the minute that P.I. happened, that game was over. These wins, as you know, are they're so hard to fucking they're, come they're by. They're so hard to come by. And the little, little mistakes like that, the defense had played so well down the stretch in that game. And to hear just Aiders balls on that one. And I just – it's the same shit every week. And, look, I'm not trying to be overly personal about it, but it's a fucking business, and people get too it's, soft. It's on film, bro. And, and, yeah. and just like I say, the eye in the sky don't lie, man. We, oh, everybody, no, no. if you really love football and you watching this shit every Sunday, then you see. You see what's yeah. going on. And, yeah, and we all know, just with a with a with a with a above average middle linebacker right now, we top five defense. Period. Think I mean, about this, John. Yeah. If you got a good enough middle linebacker, that allows you to call many different defenses. Right. Right now, we can't even go press. We can't go man. You can't press this guy on anybody. Who are you gonna press him on? Well, you know. Who is look, he gonna go man with? Nobody. So most can't. of the time, we in deep. We in cover three. Now the ball coming out quicker than Christmas. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So it's like it's, it's something we gotta have some personnel changes I so we can so. be able to run the defenses to help us get these hits on the quarterback and actually get turning these things into sacks. Yeah. yeah you know, we're that, there. We, that Mike we, that we, Mike we, position. We're we affecting the third down every every time. Exactly. But it's just you like think, the ball it, comes you, out so fast. You feel like Shaq could play the mic in this defense, or is that just not his strength? I think he could, I think he would do a way better job than Whitehead. Whitehead out, out the whole game, and I I have Shaq <laughs> and, and Brian as my as my linebacker. Folks, I'm telling you, you think he's over exaggerated. If you look at the all 22, I I he's the worst ranked linebacker in the league from PFF, and PFF doesn't always get it right. But on the grand metrics, the the base core metrics, they're they're not usually wrong on this stuff. And when you put in the tape every week, it's it's either just uninspired. And pass. He, he's That's just not, not good. He, he's not. And, you know, I just don't know what they can because they're in a competitive position now where they need to start thinking about, okay, over the next few weeks, we've got some big games. Look at what they've got ahead of them here. Let's talk about this game. Emmanuel mm-hmm. Sanders is out now. He's in the COVID protocol, by the way. Mm-hmm. They just released that. Of course, Mike Thomas is out. And now mm-hmm. it's it's Kamara's show. And, and, and who's going to be matched up on those Texas? You, you get Whitehead tax. <laughs> you you got to get Whitehead off the damn field in this game. You got to go, bro. That's just. Man, that's, he, that's just knowing football, bro. Can you, that's just can you imagine? Football. Listen, hey, can you imagine? Um, let, let's just put it this way: that Texas route they love to run against Tahir Whitehead oh. with Kamara. It, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, <laughs> even, can, even, let's just say this, John. Let's just, and I'm not bashing this guy at all. No, I, mean, I don't even know who. He, I don't even know who this guy I was. Don't care. He, this is how I feel. The, 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 at the end of the day, yeah. If we know it's going to, this is going to be a super matchup problem. Yeah. We know this. Everybody in America knows Kamara on 52 is a problem. Let's 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 fix that now. That's yeah. to me, that's aggressive coaching. That's yeah. I want to win right now. That's sending yeah. the message to the players on the team. Listen, if you're not producing, I'm gonna get somebody else a shot. Well, they, we're they, trying to win. I can't keep giving you opportunity opportunities, and then we get out on this field, you missing tackles, you're not in the right place you're not fitting you're not coming up and smacking nobody in the face. And where's the value so at that like, point? What what's that you're bringing a veteran no, in? But you're, you're only if a veteran presence doesn't mean shit if you're not executing. Exactly. He's just another guy. He's yeah. another guy. It, it really, he, you look at his tape from Oakland, and, and we're going to get off the whitehead train in a minute, but I just it, it bears repeating because they brought him in and then they the sold him on the, 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 the field, man. He's the Mike he's the, Lyle, he's like, the guy, and you, you're coming off a Luke middle, Keekly, he's the quarterback of the defense. <laughs> Luke Keekly Luke Keekly fucking retires, and that's how you go about supplementing that loss. You got to do that's better than that. That's why I think it hurts so much, though, John. That, that's does. why it's such attention to detail on everything sure. Whitehead yes. does because. 
Quite he a contrast. Just was fucking watching the Hall of Famer play this position. <laughs> the best to ever do it in this just uh, last year. Just in last this era. Year. This, this wasn't five years ago. Yeah. Just last year, just last we year. was watching Luke Keekley in the middle of our defense being Luke Keekley. Oh, still, he's, you know, he had some retired. rough times last year. Can well, you still? On, I can't dude. believe he's. I, you know, and I, I, I respect the hell out of every man's decision, and I've got to respect his. And I'm glad he's still with the organization. But man, I never would have thought. And I knew he had concussion issues. He had the one down in Jacksonville. He had the one against New Orleans where he was mm-hmm. crying. But I never in a million years thought that Luke would be the, done at uh, what 29 years old. It, it's stunning, oh, but it has to make his own decision. Now, you got to respect what Luke did, even though you hate not seeing him out there. Oh yeah, man. I, I I respect it to the utmost. For one, I understand. Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important now than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit for free at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. And for two, let's talk about the type of player Luke Kuechly is. This guy's 110. Yeah. percent Every time he's on, there's no slowdown. Just like there's your no, old, just like your old guy Dan Morgan. Same, play the I same was, way. Oh man, you, you took the words. I'm going. That's where I'm going. That's my segue. <laughs> I was about to tell you the only other guy that I know that plays at that level was Dan Morgan. Oh, and at the end of the day, those guys they give their body to the game, bro. And when they and when they realize that it, they got to walk away. You got to respect those guys because yeah. they get they they give their body up for the game. Yeah, they give it up for their brothers. Well, I mean, I I watched Dan Morgan run through walls, man. This this guy is fearless. Because the concussions are once you get enough of them, that you get used to it. Like you know, in, in like a minute now, my everything gonna come back to normal. Right now, my yeah. my world is upside down. Everything yeah, is floating. Scary, but scary in a minute, shit. it's gonna it's gonna get right. Then I could be able to get back out here on this field. So yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a scary thing. It's something that every player lives with. Every player gonna get a concussion, especially if you're in the trenches. I mean, you banging every 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 snap, and those guys, three hundred and fifty, sixty pounds, man, they powerful. They powerful yeah. human beings. Oh man, they can, see, they people can don't appreciate it. Just about uh, brute force, you know. Until so, you're until you're on the sidelines of an NFL game, and even as an, an analyst, you, you don't fully appreciate it from that perspective. But I, I've seen it up close. A lot of fans mm-hmm. haven't had that opportunity, but it is a it is a sight to behold how violent the collisions mm-hmm. are and the, the many speed. Car, many car crashes. You play, yeah. You play in the SEC, but even that jump from mm-hmm. the SEC to the the lowest level of the NFL is remarkably fast. Oh my God! And, uh, the speed, just, the speed yeah. and the power, oh, the strength man. that these grown men walking around with, yeah. <laughs> and you 20, 21, 22 years old. Yeah, you got the talent to be in the NFL, but yeah. you don't got the strength yet. <laughs> you well, dealing th- with grown men that's been doing this for ten. 
grown ass man. It, you know, we talked about Parcells this week. One of my favorite quotes from him was, "Don't tell me about the labor. Just show me the baby. Show me Don't the complain." Show me, and then another one of his quotes: "It's time to take the diapers off." He would always say that about his young guys. All right, yeah, you know bro, what, guys? I, I don't want to throw the hell up here, and let's bro. compete. Yep. Get better. Get better or get the hell on. That's just 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 what it is. Because at the end of the day, we gotta win. We got a team that we can win now. Yeah. There's no excuse. Let's go. Now let's talk about 91. Yeah, okay. Let's it's move on to let's games, I got five tackles. That and I you have know a what? problem with that. I had I had high hopes for Weatherly. Let me tell you why. I, I, I looked at the tape and I saw some good splash plays from him in, in one of the playoff games against San Fran, but he just didn't have a lot of snaps in Minnesota because that could go one or two ways, as you know. Either he's a mm-hmm. hidden gem who hasn't gotten his opportunity, or there's a reason he didn't get a lot of snaps. And I think you see him now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want to judge a guy too hard after week six, but I agree with you. He's been underwhelming, and I was expecting a little more from, from 91. It makes it real hard on 53, you know, on that other end with, with Yatura. I mean, man, yeah. all the pressure's on, on the other edge now. Uh, man, what do you it, see from that? What's 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 ninety one's game? What do you, when you watch ninety one? What what ain't working out? Oh man, I, I, I just don't I mean, see a sense of urgency. I, I don't urgency. See, see a passion for the game. Yeah, I don't see. Hey, I'm not getting to the quarterback, man. What the fuck? Let me work this move. Let me work that move. Or let me chase the running back down. Let me get involved in the game. I don't see none of that. I just yeah, see I, a guy running, losing containment every week. But by the way, let me interrupt you real quick. For some of our, some of our less sophisticated listeners out there, let me tell you that Stanley does not speak for Brian Burns. Brian Burns is a grown-ass man. Stanley's yes, speaking sir. for Stanley McClover. So I think yes, that's my, my problem I have with some of the people on Twitter. Say, You're bad for the locker room chemistry. What the fuck was that? You're, what, are you supposed to be the goddamn nanny because you're Brian's brother? Give me a fucking break. <laughs> God for almighty, real, bro. I mean, That's you know a, what? I'm a grown man. If that causes, if it, look, if that causes any awkwardness between your brother and a guy you're, you know, giving a critique to on in the media, that's a bigger problem than anything else. That there's some sensitivity issues Dude, here. He's definitely in the wrong sport, then. Yeah, you need to trade that motherfucker if, he, if, he <laughs> mad, if he mad about what I'm saying. Because for, for if if you was doing your job, I wouldn't have nothing to say. Who was the about t- job. I was I was in those shoes before. I was cr- criticized every day. Of course you were. I, I remember was, it. I was cut. I was I was released. Yeah, I done you been were. through all this already. So, so you're I, coming from a place of experience on this. You're not just some yeah. fat ass on his couch yelling like Hell no. some I'm a fucker in Minnesota. <laughs> you went through the journey. You've I'm heard all the fucking noise. I'm watching yep. him. <laughs> I'm watching these games, man. I'm, I'm I mean mostly I'm watching five three. But you know, I'm definitely looking at the defensive line. I'm, I'm seeing who who else is bringing the pressure, yeah. who else what, coming up to step let's up go, and play wait, ball. What, let, let's talk about Derek Brown for a minute. You're a technician. You understand the inside um, as mm-hmm. well as the outside here. We're, we're, uh, you know, I, my analysis on him, and, and you know, like coming, he felt like a Chris Jenkins to me. He's not a gap shooter. He's mm-hmm. not necessarily an Aaron Donald type. He's not built that way. He was never an elite. Mm-hmm pass rusher at Auburn, but he has a, mm-hmm. just an absolute uh, – Greg Cosell said he has country strength. I think that's the best way I can yes, put sir. it. He has like some of that mm-hmm. Reggie White in him, and, and his flashes at times. He's young. It's early. What, what, how does he look to you so far? What do you think? Oh, my grade on Derrick Brown right now, C-plus. Okay. C-plus with, 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 the, with the ceiling to get extremely better. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of things the fans and people have to realize, man, this, this game – when you go to the NFL, that shit is a culture shock. Yeah. This, I mean, you this shit moves fast. It don't move that fast in college. In in the NFL, then you got two seconds. That's mm-hmm. all you get. Yeah. On, on that field, on that in the trenches, you got two seconds to get on and off your block. You either gonna be on your back 
or you're going to be going backwards or you're going frontwards. And, and to your point, his first, his, his first wake-up call to the NFL, and he did some good things this game, was one of the mm-hmm. biggest ass offensive lines in the league with Gruden and, and Las Vegas with Gabe Jackson, mm-hmm. those guys. So it was just the most physical horses on that line. So that was yes, a sir. test for him. And he had a good push move, a good bull rush move on Jackson. But, you know, mm-hmm. what people have to understand is when you draft a guy like Derek Brown, what you're looking for is a guy that's going to develop his pass rush moves as you continue to let him grow and you develop him. Right. But but what he's there to do is to bring some attitude and to bring some some actual change in terms of culture with the run defense up front. And exactly. it's been a, it's been a struggle at times for him in the pass rush game. But I'm interested to see how he develops, man. I'm like you. I just think the other guys around it. It goes back to what we said in our podcast about Brian. They've all got to get on his level. That goes for the guys in the secondary, too. I mean, I like Trey Boston a lot. I think he brings a lot to the table. Love Trey Boston. Love Trey Boston. He he gets Mm -hmm. shit on a lot on Twitter about the missed angles Mm -hmm. on the tackles. People are saying he's a free fucking say. He's a middle fielder. His job is to cover. I don't give a fuck about that, bro. You know why I don't care about that? It should be his job. That (laughs) motherfucker play with effort. Yeah. If you giving me effort and fucking up, okay, I'll take it. And I'll take that. He's bringing that juice, too. He's trying to create a culture. Yes, sir. And when Trying he comes and smack your ass, he's gonna smack you. He yeah. ain't gonna play with you. Yeah, I, 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 I respect that. You know, yeah, I think, every, you're not gonna make every play. He, nobody ever said he was a superstar safety, but he's he, he's a good he's a good safety to have back there. No, he he's is. got he's got really good range. He's very underrated in terms of the way he can cover all sides of the field if he's single high. And I think what mm-hmm. he does a great job of too that doesn't go noticed a lot. I mean, he's a very animated character, and he's got some funny ass shit he puts out there once in a while. But in terms of his leadership, this is a really questionable secondary they've got right now. They got a lot of pieces that they're just patching mm-hmm. together. Russell Douglas, I think, yeah. has played very well. Uh, yeah, Troy Pride's learning. Yeah. Troy Pride's learning the game. Dante's mm-hmm. coming along and improving. But I think. To correct me if I'm wrong, Boston really has taken the reins as far as leadership there, and has helped these guys grow a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I agree, man. I, I really do. He has the he has the experience. He's been in the game long long time. He done played for Carolina years back. Yeah, you know he knows he knows, man. And um, that guy don't get enough credit, man. Like I said, it's 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 you dealing with like you said, you are dealing with new patches, the new players. You got to work on chemistry. You know, you got to develop that trust for one another. That, that normally comes through the preseason. Yeah. So right now these four first these four uh couple of games for us, them preseason games. This is these the preseason. Right? To, <laughs> it's the pre I mean, I don't give a damn how you want to slice it. These are nah. preseason games. Well, I mean, that's Period. the same thing. Belichick said the same fucking thing about Newton. People have got to understand Newton's coming off an injury, learning an entirely new system. And it's league wide too. Teams are gonna be at their least best in these first couple of weeks. But we're getting yes, on to week sir. seven yeah, now. You gotta know that. I, I'm yep. telling you, as we, as we wrap up here, and I, I got a little lightning round, I'll walk you through and get your quick hit thoughts on a few things, and we're going to get you hell out of here so you can eat your dinner and live your life. I, but I think people misunderstand uh, and, and sort of get lost in this vortex of how this offseason went from a PR standpoint. Newton left. They, a lot of fans didn't like that. I understand that. I was critical of some of what happened within the organization. Greg Olson mm-hmm. was even outspoken about how he was. He didn't feel like he got the the proper you know, characterization. It felt like he was you know seeking a release when he wasn't. He wanted to come back. That's a PR thing. I, that, that's not – I'm not concerned about that. What I like mm-hmm. I'm, that I'm seeing right now is no OTAs. No training, mm-hmm. limited training, a like COVID training camp, basically, where they're, they're not. I mean, they're, you know, they don't even hit anymore anywhere. They're, they're playing a pillow right, fight right. out. There. It's, it's very, very pillow They right now. are physical as all hell right now. It's a physical yes, group. And Mike mm-hmm. Davis has been a shot in the arm on offense. I love that guy. Yes, sir. Watching yeah, him ooh, run. Man. 
Oh, uh, I fucking love Mike Davis. Uh, he's third in the league right now in yards after contact. All right. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey gets the big contract. He's a hell of a dynamic player. What does mm-hmm. Joe Brady need to do to make that all work? Because I don't think you can just go back to what North Turner did and just put McCaffrey back there in, in 21 personnel or 11 personnel and just run him traditionally. They've got to get creative. What do you think about how they'll manage that? Well, I had the very, very, very blessed opportunity to play with Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown. Oh, my if, goodness. If, if Joe <laughs> Brady is smart, he will go back to 2005, Arbor yeah. team, and he go see how we use how we use Ronnie Brown and Cadillac in a two-back system. If yeah. we can do that, if we can bring him in, and, I mean, sometimes, boy, you can line Christian McCaffrey up at the slot. You got you to. still got – and that's the uh, thing, Stan, in the back Stan he, Joe Brady, it's two games in before McCaffrey got hurt. But what I expected from Joe Brady, and I have been very, very happy with his production, by the way. I think he's done mm-hmm. a good job and he's done some really agree. good things. But I think one thing he's he's missed the mark on, in my view, and hopefully this is a good time for reflection for him. He's probably laughing if he hears this, like, what's this fucking clown? But I'm just telling you, <laughs> as a guy who studied the game for a long time, he comes from the Sean Payton tree. What does Sean Payton mm-hmm. love to do? Kamara and Ingram. Okay, Pierre yes, Thomas and, uh, and Reggie Bush. You got to yes, have sir. that one-two punch. And I, that's why when you pay McCaffrey that money, you need to find ways to make him more productive across the board. To your point, give him more snaps. Why not? Quit doing this 96% utilization in the backfield. You got to get more sir. dynamic there. And I, I just think – He's a matchup nightmare. He's a fucking matchup <laughs> nightmare. No one can fucking – no linebacker can fucking cover the guy. Nobody can. You don't leave – that's just like Brian Burns on defense. You don't just leave him at the natural tradition – Defensive end position the right. whole game. No, nope. you don't do that. Brian Burns is a hybrid. You yeah. stand that guy up. You yeah. bring ninety-one in the game since he's not getting to the quarterback anyway. Let's bring him out there and put him at the end and take fifty-two off your field. You have Shaq and, and Brian, and you blitz Brian Burns. Yeah. Think about the this. Quickest way to get to the quarterback is the middle of the field, bro. Think about this. This is how Sean Payton has thing. You 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 played against Sean. You know how he can fuck with people's heads with formations yes, pre-snap. He he can put out – he'll put out three tight ends. He'll put out 13 personnel, and they'll end up at empty. Um, he'll, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what they get with McCaffrey. You do that 21 pony where you got him and Davis in the huddle. Defense is already thinking, you know, how do we manage this? How do we negotiate what's about to come our way? Boom. They get out of the huddle in 15 seconds. You see McCaffrey out wide. You see Davis in the backfield. Or maybe they switch it up. That beca- and, then you got Rob- and then fucking Robbie Anderson, who's lighting up the world, is Robbie right there. The Man, a lot. It's we just, got all the weapons. It's right there. I just, I hope, te- I hope Joe, because I think I know what I'm talking about here, doesn't go back to just plugging McCaffrey in at 97% utilization. They got to keep Davis involved. He can't do that, man. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm praying and hoping that he see the gym that he got in Mike Davis. You yeah. got to play that guy, and you got to play Christian McCaffrey. So that means you got to play it's, both of them. It's D'Angelo and Stu. It reminds me so much of that. It reminds me of 2834. And I'll tell you, boy, when we had that going on, we, we was hard to beat. Think about before that. Like, I'm, I'm a good buddy to Sean Foster. Talks to us all the time. And then uh, uh, Stephen Davis. I, I love me. Now, Smoke, Smoke Dog, that's my boy. Okay, who's Smoke now, Dog? Now, who's me, that? Me with, that's Deshaun. That's, that's my Sean, little nickname. Uh, nice. Because he's on uh, his uh, shield. I love his Smoke the Shield. The Dark well. Shield. That's a great fucking yeah, nickname. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Smoke dog, that's my boy. Uh, we had him on our pod a few months ago, and he talked about that uh, title game run in Philly, and just to hear him walk through that, breaking seven, eight tackles, and uh, his response was, you know, hey, look, it was a great run, but at the end of the day, Brad Hoover's right behind me pushing me in. That's the kind of guy Deshaun is. He's selfless, man. He was just a, and he's still he's out there coaching at UCLA. Just a great dude, man. Teddy Bridgewater. Let's hear your assessment on him so far. Yeah, I, I my, I'll give you mine first. What you see is what you get with Teddy. Okay. 
Great mm-hmm. story coming back from the knee injury. He's everybody loves Teddy. He, 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 there's no reason to hold any animus against this guy because honestly, what happened with Newton, good, bad, and different, it's not Teddy's fucking fault. He's just a guy trying to make a living right. here. But there are limitate there are limitations in Teddy's game that concern me, and a lot of that revolves around the vertical stuff. He's a good point guard. He puts the ball around. He plays that Drew Brees type of game that he's played in the last half of his career. But do you think Teddy's a guy that can elevate you long term? Hmm. That's a great question, John. That's a great question. I gotta be brutally honest with you. I I, I couldn't I couldn't invest my future in them yeah. right now to, to to get us to get us you know kind of down the road a little bit, maybe two years, maybe get us a good quarterback third second round this year, something like that. I, I can't see them being long term simply because it, it's I don't know, man. It's it's like Teddy really can't. He's really not that mobile. I mean, he's moving more this year, but. This game is so fast, man, and these these DNs and D-tackles, they're getting so fast, man. And if you don't have a mobile quarterback, yeah. it almost hurts you more than it more than it doesn't because okay. he can't really get out the pocket. And a lot of times when he's getting sacked, he can't he can't get out of there. And a lot of times he could have picked up a first down in the last couple of games. He just don't got that juice to actually, yeah. you know, be running the ball like that. So he's really just a pocket passer, and I don't think he's that good of a passer to, to you know, put my whole future on but for you now that, he's you doing think, good. do you think they made a mistake with newton i hate that i hate it john i, yeah. I don't like to think about it but yeah man i do i just felt it was too I young i just I, I just i i the the, the and then we'll close out with this I, i'm glad i've got an nfl guy here that's played in the league and understands you know the dynamics of how players get released and how these transactions happen and it's just the business of it because he's 31 okay big ben's what 38 and his head multiple mm-hmm. surgeries and the narrative all along with yep. Newton has been the wear and tear, the wear and tear. When you look back, I chronicled this closely, the injuries he sustained that really put him out of that season mm-hmm. a couple years ago, they were all in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And one was Benjamin Kelvin just giving a half-ass effort against San Diego. And then uh, Cam has to, in a meaningless game, Cam has to chase the interception down. And that's where the shoulder injury happened. I just would have liked to have seen him gel with McCaffrey and this group of young, talented guys, because he never had that here. He never had that core. Yeah, sometimes, but then think about this too, John. Sometimes you make a fucked-up business decision. Sometimes you go bankrupt. I still so, think this might be one of them. I, the jury is still that, out. That on, wasn't smart. From, just from a, a football player perspective. What the hell do you think happened? Was there a problem inside, from your view? Was there, a, was there an issue in terms of him not getting along with the owner? Was it was it a personality thing? Did they just – is Rule just a no-bullshit guy and doesn't want – he wants it straight-laced? What do you think? Is it more than football? Honestly, bro, I, I think – because I don't – I just think Matt Rule wanted to come in. He had his mind on Teddy Bridgewater. He didn't – he wanted to come in with his new – with his shit, his his regime. He didn't, he didn't want none of that old shit that was already around. And but the point – my, my point – my counterpoint to that, but to, to point to Newton – uh, and obviously, I, I think they probably were concerned about the shoulder more than anything long term. You you don't trade him. You don't get any value back. Then mm-hmm. you pretty much announce your intention to sign Bridgewater. And Bridgewater hasn't been a regular starter since 2015. Come on now. You you, you turned in a, a Bentley to get a Honda. I, I, I'm I just think, being honest, John. Look, he's just camp not, people. Teddy's people don't ball now. Teddy is a great. And he, he processes this info quickly. But for this offense, it seems like the emphasis was on schematics and attitude and culture more than players. And I understand that. You've got to get your guys. I just don't like the fact – if he was 35 or 36, Stan, I get that. He's Julius Peppers at fucking quarterback. He took that, a few licks. Awesome. He went through a goddamn rehab like any other player does. And people acting like his goddamn leg was amputated. It's crazy. It's crazy, oh. man. The new, the new staff. 
They yeah. had their mind made up already, bro. Before they knew they weren't gonna keep Cam at I all. I don't like that. But what, what I what I do hope, Teddy, I'm pulling for the guy. I'd love nothing more than to see him play the way he plays against Atlanta. When you need him, when the chips are down, like a Philadelphia game a couple years ago where they're down 17 and Cam's able to elevate, get the fourth down and 10 when Michael Bennett's bearing down on his ass. I, he's just such a, a an underrated, underappreciated um, processor of the field. Hey, people talk about his athleticism, Cam. He's just one of the best pure throwers in the league. And in terms of the deep ball, mm. I just, it's, it's hard for me to see that walk away with no compensation. Whereas yeah, Kyle it, Allen, they, they got a fifth round pick for Kyle Allen. Who, so go figure. It was hard to see him uh, go yeah. to, go to, go to new England and light it up, man. Yeah. I mean, the man was throwing the ball all over the fucking field. Yeah. You know, it, that hurt. That hurt to see that. I, and if you're a real Carolina fan, you can't tell me that don't hurt. Oh I mean, man. It, yeah, it look, yeah, you're it, going to accept it because ain't shit we could do about it. But the shit hurt. The watch the man, I, he's healthy. I love what Matt's doing in terms of the culture and the way they're playing hard and focused and they're organized. I just didn't like releasing Newton at 31 with no compensation in return. I thought that was a miscalculation. But Bridgewater may turn out to be just the quarterback they need. So far, it's been up and down. What you need, though, again, when you're down in a game and you need somebody to push you down. Teddy had two That's chances in that point. game. He missed the corner route point, to DJ and then he threw the pick and you, you, you got to elevate the team, man. That's a great point, man. And that's why I say that I use, I not, not as a disrespect to Teddy, not nope. saying that using the Bentley and the, and the Hummer, the Honda thing as a disrespectful thing. It's just that when you got a quarterback like Cam Newton, he's a dual threat. He's he a really former is. league MVP. He's, he's in 15 and one. He had 50 touchdowns oh, in the bro. season. Yeah. This, this dude going to get this first down. Most most of the time, he's going to get it. Oh, Cam, Cam so gets that for you. That's like that, right there. Have, right have there. Yeah. Like that. Situation he where you need an inch. Yeah. And that's, you know. We, we, and the game we, is what? built up off inches, man. We, it, it is. We always need inch. It, 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 Look how uh, many games we lost damn. last year. <laughs> From one yard. Oh you know? my God! Oh, you were a part of some teams. Jesus, I twenty oh six. I mean, look that yes, team. I, I'm gonna just. I'm gonna one more flashback here. One of the most heartbreaking mm-hmm. losses from my, uh, I guess, post adolescence, middle twenties, <laughs> was that fucking Monday night game at the end where Keyshawn they threw the fade. Do you remember that? Oh yes, man. God, God. that just I mean, Keyshawn, my boy too. Uh, you brought me back with Keyshawn, and, man. And, but yo, Keyshawn, that, good, that was that was a that was a dynamic with Keyshawn and Smitty. On the same oh, damn field. I got some good stories. I was going to say, next episode is going to be the deep shit. We're going to go deep on some oh, of these yeah. stories. Oh, yeah. Yes, Staley, sir. I appreciate you, man. Staley McClover, former defensive end for the Carolina Panthers, Houston Texans, all SEC for Auburn, and, of course, the older brother of the great Brian Burns and probably one of his sir. biggest influences, if not his biggest. What can we promote for you, buddy? You got anything going on, anything you want to put out there? Man, that, uh, I'm, all Spider Burns, man. <laughs> I'm all Spider-Burns, man. I'm all Spider-Burns. You find me on Twitter, S. McClover Jr. I'm all Spider Burn. You want to oh, know you got to follow Burn? this I'm guy on Twitter. This is, I'm telling you, yes, sir. you may not, you may not love Stanley. You got a future in, in the sports media, man. I'm telling you, he brings it and he doesn't apologize for it. And <laughs> I love nah, that about man, you, for man. What, for what, John? Everybody going to get that. So yeah. I just take my share with me and I, I wear a smile on my face. And I'm just <laughs> thankful that God gave me the opportunity. So watch yeah. my little play for the Carolina fucking Panthers. And we wish y'all the best, man. We're going to catch up down the road. We'll probably talk to you tonight on Twitter. Stanley McClover yes, joins sir, us you know, we're we, we going to keep it live. We're going to keep it <laughs> live. Right, bro. Thanks for joining us, man. We'll see you next time. <laughs> All right, brother. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, 
Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off by wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.